Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. Deuteronomy chapter 31, and I want to read just one verse of scripture, verse 6. And if you have your Bibles, great. If not, we'll throw it up in the eye in the sky. Deuteronomy 31, 6. Be strong and of a good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he it is that doth go with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. And uh, I was kind of thinking about my message this morning and... um, just wondering, um, and then over and over again through the worship service, the Lord was just kind of confirming some things to me, and uh, I want to help all of us here today, um, and I want to speak to you for the next little bit on just a simple title, Not Alone, Not Alone. I want to invite you just to lay your Bibles down and lift up your voices with me one more time. And let's ask the Lord to speak to us in this place. Would you do that with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we love you today, God. We are thankful for your presence that is already evident in this place. God, we just ask right now that you would anoint this word this morning. I pray that you'd speak to our hearts, God. Prepare our hearts in such a way, God, that we can receive your word, God, and we could make it applicable in our lives, God, that we would take it and use it, God. It would be something that we would lean upon. God, we ask it in the name of Jesus. We give you praise and glory in your name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. You know, I can hardly, um, I can hardly think of a, uh, of a worse feeling than feeling like uh, I am all alone uh, in this great big world, even though the world is filled uh, with over 7 billion people. Um, I don't think there is any of us that truly like being alone. Sure, we can be um, independent on some things, uh, but not for very long. You see, you and I are creatures that were created for community. God looked down at His creation and He said that it wasn't good that man was alone. You and I were not created to dwell all by ourselves. And I hate it when I see somebody who is all by themselves. You know, if you're going out to eat all by yourself, please stop it. And invite me to go with you. Not because I like to eat, but because you're breaking my heart every time I see somebody that is alone. Let me ask you, do you remember how old you were when your when your parents said, Oh, they're they're good to stay home by themselves? Seventeen, eighteen, twenty. <laughs> they're good to stay by themselves and you know, it's probably around that, that age of 11, 12. Some of you riskier parents, you know, six, seven. No, I'm just kidding. Hopefully there's none of those out there. But you see, it's, it, it, at first it seems pretty cool. You know, you, 
your mom and dad left you all by yourself at the house. You get to be the man or the woman of the house for just a couple hours. You're, you're the king of the castle. The only problem is your parents didn't leave a list of all the scary noises that the house makes throughout the day. Come on, somebody. And all of a sudden, your parents come home and find you hiding in a closet all because the central air kicked on. Now, I'm not admitting to that this morning. I'm just giving you an analogy, something to, to think about. You know, you never heard that noise before. You never heard that sound. But by you being all alone, now you notice everything. Just yesterday, I Mallory worked. I had the boys all by myself, which is crazy to think about, you know. But, um, yeah, I try to do some different fun things. And uh, there's, as you know, the so-called magic trick that people, they hold up a blanket in the side of a doorway and they pull it down and they peek at their kids and they pull it up and then they run off and the blanket drops, all right? And so I was doing that with Bennett and uh, and uh, it was really funny because I ran just a few feet down the hallway and kind of hid in the doorway and, and he, he came out and he said, Daddy, Daddy? And he picks up the blanket and he's looking all, I mean, it's just flat on the floor. And he picks it up and he's looking all through it. And all of a sudden, fear started to come out of his voice. It wasn't just daddy, it was daddy. <laughs> you know, his voice had changed just a little bit. Why? Because there was just for a moment that he felt like he was alone, even though I was just a few feet away. No one really wants to be alone. No one uh, wants that feeling, you know, that, that loneliness, that, that fear that sometimes comes through it. And, and sometimes, even after uh, we decide to follow Jesus, uh, it's still possible to have these moments where we feel like we are doing this all by ourselves, where we are on this road, we are on this journey all by ourselves. You know, God God never promises us an easy, comfortable, or pain-free life in this world. This world, if we're being honest this morning, is a very harsh place to live in. And there are many things that could cause us to fear. You know, just because you are a Christian doesn't mean that you escape the troubles of life, all right? I want to make that crystal clear that God never promises us to, to spare us of the pain. He never promises us to spare us of the trouble. But He does promise to never abandon us. He does promise to never leave us nor forsake us. We may be a lot of things, but alone is not one of them. He said unto His disciples in Matthew 28, He said, Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Church, on your best days, the Lord is with you. On your worst days, you are not alone. I'm here to tell you today, we have a friend in Jesus, and he sticks closer than that of a brother. We may be a lot of things, but we are not alone. Somebody said amen. No one, no one really likes to be alone, and no one truly likes the feeling of being alone. I ask you this morning, do you feel alone? Does God feel far away? Does life seem dark? Are you afraid? You know, there are some points in life where you might answer yes to all of those three questions that I just 
asked. You may say to me today, yes, Bryce, I, I do feel alone and, and God does seem so very distant to me. There are moments that, that sort of life just happens to us and, and we're kind of just kind of lost in all the hustle and bustle and all the commotion of this world and, and God seems so very distant. Exodus chapter 14 tells a story of the Israelites escape from slavery in Egypt. Initially, Pharaoh agreed to let God's people go, but soon after they left, he changed his mind and he began to pursue them with 600 of his best chariots. And the approaching army terrified the Israelites. They cried out to Moses. And Moses reminded the people of God's promise that he would deliver them. But their circumstances told them otherwise. They heard the rumbling of the chariots charging toward them. They saw the huge body of water that was blocking their escape. I ask you, can you imagine their fear? The reality they knew was that Pharaoh's finest soldiers were pursuing them and there was a huge obstacle, the Red Sea, that was preventing their escape. All of a sudden, reality set in. And even though they were in a massive group of people, I'm sure that they felt alone. They felt like God had abandoned them. They felt like there would be no miracle. There would be no escape. They had no idea the miracle that was awaiting them. You know, there are times in life where we feel just like that. There are times in life where we can't see exactly what God is doing. I love what the Bible says, though, when Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. The Bible says in Exodus 14 and 21, All that night the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned it to dry land. You see, because it was dark, the Israelites could not quite see what God was doing. In the dark of night, though, God was tirelessly working on their behalf to deliver them just as He promised. Although the Israelites could not see God, although the Israelites could not hear God, He was making a way in the midst of darkness. Let me preach to somebody here this morning. Your world might be dark right now, but you are not alone. And while you are in the dark, God is working in your midst. While you are in the dark, He's making a way of escape. You may not be able to see it. You may not be able to sense it. You may not be able to hear God. But I'm here to tell you, He's preparing a way where there seems to be no way. He's preparing a miracle where you thought it wasn't even possible. You may not be able to help yourself, but you have a God who is with you and you are not alone. Would you clap your hands unto the Lord and just say, thank you, Jesus. God works on our behalf, even though it might not seem like it. I believe the presence of God is the most valuable commodity that we have today. Why? Because in His presence, there is fullness of joy. To me, it's the most valuable commodity that you and I have as human beings. David, one of the most well-known people in all of Scripture, David knew a little something about the presence of God. Yes, a lot of us know David as a mighty warrior, but he was also, the Bible says, a man that was after God's own heart. 
David knew that he wasn't alone. He knew that God was with him. He was constantly inviting God in with his worship. We find David in the Psalms pinning a lot of great psalms. Psalms 1 and 39, probably one of the greatest psalms. Now, to understand this psalm completely, uh, you have to kind of remind yourself about who David is. You, you, you're talking about a guy who's definitely had some life experience. You're talking about a guy who is so in touch with life, who has seen the highs and he's also seen the lows. David is a very respected figure in all the Old Testament, if not in all of Scripture. This man that I'm talking about, he is a hero. Now to understand him, who he is, David is the runt of the litter in his family. He's the least of his brothers. We first find David out working in the fields. And one particular day, Samuel, the great prophet, comes to Jesse. He finds David. He says he's supposed to be the next king of Israel. And David gets anointed, and before long, all of these major events start to happen in his life. And David is all of a sudden standing in front of the great Philistine giant named Goliath, and David kills him with his little slingshot in a rock. And everyone starts cheering for David, and everyone loves David, and before long, David is the king of Israel. David has fame. David has fortune. David has power. This is who David is. Now, also, David has a weakness. David likes the ladies a little too much. All right? And one particular afternoon, he should have been out fighting for Israel, leading them as their king. And he should, uh, 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 he should have been out there with his, with his military, but he stayed back at the palace and he's out on the awning and he looks down and he sees an open window. He sees a woman taking a bath. David likes her. They make the connection. She's now with child. David panics. He assassinates her husband. I know I'm going a little bit quickly. And things deteriorate. In this horrible situation, needless to say, David approaches this psalm, Psalms 139, having lived a pretty wild life. David has seen it all. Success, failure, triumph, and heartache. If anybody is in touch with life, it's this man. It's this man, David. He's been a nobody. He's been a somebody. He's been a shepherd, he's been a soldier, a musician, a poet, a king. He's had fame, he's had fortune, he's been an adulterer, he's been a murderer. David, would you agree with me, has lived quite a life. And he writes to us, Psalms 139 and verse 1, he says, O Lord, Thou hast searched me and known me. Thou hast searched me. And thou hast known me. In the very first verse, David answers one of those big, important questions that you and I have in this life. Am I known? Has anybody ever, has anybody ever asked that before? Does anybody know who I am? Does anybody really know? I'm not talking about does anybody know your name? I'm not talking about does anybody know that? I'm not talking about does anybody, do I have friends at school? Uh, does anybody uh, uh, know my, my first and last name? No, no, no. But does anybody really know me? 
Does anybody know about me? Does anybody know my struggles and my weaknesses and my desires and my passions? In other words, it's a cry for intimacy. We all have it. We all have some little insecurity that we deal with in this life. And David starts out this psalm by saying, you do, God. You know me. You have searched me and you know me. David goes on to say, Thou knowest my down-sitting and my uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. Oh, does anybody know me? And David is saying, You do, God. He said, You know my path. You know where I sleep. You are well acquainted with all of my ways. Before I speak, you already know what I'm going to say. Behold, you know it all together. You hem me in. Behind me, you're there. Before me, you're there. Your hand is on me. Church, I want you to listen to these words today. For those of you who are questioning and feeling like you're all alone, David is reminding us you're not alone. Despite what the enemy might say about your situation, we have a God who is with us. Whether you're a faithful saint living for him, all you know how to be, or you're living in sin, you have a God who is rich in mercy, who is constant after you a God who has never turned his back on you he has never left you he said God you have searched me and you know me oh I know the devil would like to lead you believe that you're all alone and that God doesn't care about you he'll let the lie little whispers in your ear and say no 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 you're doing this all by yourself this walk that you're on you're doing it all by yourself you have nobody you look you're the only one serving God in your family why even continue to go why even continue to go by yourself why continue to frequent that church all by yourself you're alone I want to remind you today you're not alone I want to remind you today that you have a God that has searched you and has known you, and you, my friend, are not alone. David goes on to say, such knowledge is too high for me. I can't even attain it. He's saying, you haven't given up on me, God. In spite of all that I've done, you've stayed near to me. You've stayed close to me. You know me. You're for me. He said, it's too wonderful for me. It's beyond me. I can't even comprehend it. Oh, by the way, how do you do this all simultaneously? You know me and you care about me all the while you're making sure that the moon stays in orbit. All the while the sun stays exactly where it's supposed to be. You care about these massive, gigantic things and yet you care about the smallest details of my life. What a God that we serve that holds it all together. Including the things that you think are so insignificant that you can't even talk to God about it because God you think is too busy for something. No, 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 no. God is in the details. God is in the small things. We have a God that has searched you and knows you. Think about this the next time we question God's involvement in our life. Think about this the next time you feel alone. David is saying, this is beyond me, God. You are so involved in my life. I'm not alone, even though I might feel like it. I know you're with me. He goes on to say, he says, where shall I go from your spirit or where shall I flee from your presence? David, he thinks of the highest thing he can think of, heaven. He says, if I go as high as I possibly can, 
God, I'm still not alone. And if I go to the center of the earth, if I grow wings and fly to the middle of the ocean, you're there. What's David saying? God, I'm not alone no matter where I go. You're with me. When I was a good king, I wasn't alone. And when I was a bad king, I still wasn't alone. When I was a good dad, I was not alone. And whenever I was a bad dad, you were still there. When I was a good saint, you were with me. And when I was a bad saint, you were with me. When I was a good husband, when I was a bad husband, when I was a faithful Christian, you were there. When I backslid, you were still there. When I was in an altar committing my life to you, I was not alone. And when I was living in sin, God, you were still there. Is anybody thankful today that no matter where you run to, that no matter where you go, you cannot get away from the grace and the mercy of God? Come on, clap your hands unto the Lord today. Come on, you're not alone in this life, even though you might feel like it. God is with us. God is with us. Does anybody really want to be alone in life? No. The answer is no. And we wonder sometimes, am I alone? Is somebody with me? Is anybody for me? And David is saying, God, you are. God, you, you lead me. You, you hold me. God, I'm not alone. I love it. David gets even, David gets even deeper. He says, you, you form my inward parts. You, you knitted me together in my mother's womb. He said, I, I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. Church, God had His eyes on you before you ever had eyes. Before you had talent, before you had ability, God seen you. When you were nothing, He seen you. When you were lost, He seen you. When you were dead in your trespasses, oh, God sees us. And this is how we live sometimes. Think about this with me. Things didn't go our way in life. Things didn't go our way. We didn't get that which we were after. Maybe it was a job. Maybe it was a raise. Maybe it was a pat on the back. Whatever it was. We didn't get what we wanted. And all of a sudden, life has kind of flopped on us. And we think to ourselves, is this it, God? Is this what I get? Is this the hand that I've been dealt? Is this my lot in life? Is this what I should expect all the time? And we wonder and we question, God, are you there? Do you know where I'm at, God? Do you understand what I am going through? Do you understand that I needed that job? Do you understand that I needed that in my life? Why have you abandoned me? I wonder if God sometimes sort of laughs at us a little bit. 
I wonder if God sits back and says, yeah, I know you were needing that. Yeah, I know you needed that. And to be honest with you, uh, I haven't gone anywhere. I've had my eyes on you ever since you were just substance. I've had my eyes on you before you were nothing, before you were anything. How involved is God in your life, church? He is watching us in our unformed And then David, in the midst of this, he sort of connects it all together. He says, the days were formed for me in a book that was written. When you were just substance, there was a book that was written about you. And in that book, it was recorded everything that you, you will do. And sometimes we wonder, where is God at in my life when I'm going through a storm? Where is God at when I'm going through trouble? We let ourselves believe that we are alone. How involved is God? He has a book about you. He knows the way that you take. You don't have to worry about whether or not God is involved in your life or if he's even there. David makes it crystal clear that God is involved and that God is with us and that you and I are not alone. Somebody said, praise the Lord. Now, one thing I want us to understand here. Is this is this is David writing this song? It's important that you remember that. It's David. But the Hogan, God has a book about David. And in David's book, there's a couple of chapters. One chapter was titled Adultery. And another chapter was entitled. Murderer. That's David's book. There's, there's lots of other pages. There's, there's lots of other chapters. But there's, there's two of them titled Adultery and the other Murder. Now, if I was God, Brother Bishop, and I was looking at the unformed substance, I had my eyes on the unformed substance and we all have free will, and I give God praise for that. God doesn't want to force love on us. We get to choose God, right? He's already chosen us, but the ball's in our court now. We get to choose Him. And He sees us, and He sees us in our unformed substance. There's a book that's written, and it lays it out. What This is, this is God's will for our life. This is God's plan. This is what God wants. And, and, and all of a sudden, God has this book about David. And, and then, Now, if I'm God, and I look at David, and, I, and there's a book about him, and I knew that the unformed substance would... If I knew uh, uh, what the substance would do based on this book, if I knew a couple of chapters were titled adultery, and if I knew one was titled murder, I would say we need to get rid of the book. We need to burn the book. This makes no sense to me why we should let this book go on. Let's get rid of the book, right? Would you agree with me? If I'm God and I see this, that makes sense to me. Not God. Not God. What is this that I'm talking about? It's love that we can't even begin to explain. 
It is love that is rich in mercy. And David is expressing himself here. He says, God, you saw me when I was nothing. You knew the decisions that I was going to make. And you still let me live. You still let me go on. You still let me live. I want to preach to you today and say that God says to you, you need to live. You need to move on. You need to go. I know you might have messed up and you might have found yourself in some sin. But we have a God who's not left us, who's not forsaken us, who's still encouraging us. Keep moving. He is rich in mercy. David is expressing himself here. God, you saw me. You saw me when I was nothing. You saw me when I was lost. You saw me when I was broken. You let me live. David transitions to God's thoughts on what's on God's mind. David says, your thoughts of me are so precious. How vast is the sum of them. If I would count them, they would be more than the sand. His thoughts toward you are precious. His thoughts towards you are that of good and not of evil. In other words, God is thinking about you. He's thinking about me all the time. You are constantly on His mind. You are constantly what He's thinking about. You know what? I, I, I don't know how simultaneously He can think about each and every one of us all at the same time, all the time. I can't explain it to you. I just need to let you know that's who God is. You know, I think one of our biggest errors as humans is that we have made God in our minds, so much like us. We have made Him so much like us, and we think to ourselves, there's no way He thinks about me all the time, because I don't think about Him all the time. There's no way that He can do that He's got, I don't think about that type of stuff. And, and God probably doesn't think about that type of stuff either. He's got way important stuff to think about. And, and, and what we end up doing, church, is we make God in our image when we're supposed to be in Him. We make Him like us. And I just want to let you know, He's a little above us. He's a little bit higher. His thoughts are higher. His ways are higher. And I give Him praise for that. I say, thank you, Jesus, that is not left up to my plan, but it's in your plans, which are higher than mine. David, I love it. You read it. He starts to get really worked up at this point. I think it's all right to get worked up about the things that God's doing in your life, right? Amen. I think it's all right to get a little bit passionate, a little bit rejoiceful. If that's even a word, rejoiceful. I think I just made it up on the fly. I think it's all right to get a little bit excited about what God is doing. David starts to get really worked up at this point. I think it really starts to hit home with David. Now, remember who he is. He's seen the highs and he's seen the lows. David starts to put it all together. He starts thinking about 
how God has made him and God knows him and that God is for him. He's not alone, that God's always been there and that God's always thinking about him. And David just starts expressing himself. He says, I am with God. God has been with me through it all. No matter what I did, God was still there. No matter what valley I walked in, I was not by myself. And this is where he ends. He's at the end of his life. He's just written this amazing song. He's at the end of his days. And what does David sing? How does he end it? What does David write at the end of his life? You know how he ends it? He says this. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Search me, O God, and know my heart. That's interesting, right? Because that's how the psalm started. He said, God, you have searched me and you know me. And David has gone through this progression of God's involvement, of God's magnificence, magnificence of God's love and care and concern, and I'll fight for you. And that's what he's gone through. And then he ends the whole thing by basically saying, I want more of you. Search me, O God, and know my heart. If our music would come this morning. David is saying, I've had fame, I've had fortune, I've had influence, I've had power. And at the end of my life, I'm just basically saying, God, that I want to know you and I want you to know me. He said, search me, O God, and know my heart. And then he says this, try me, know my thoughts, and see if there be any wicked in me. Church, David has just sung a song about all that God has done and who he is in relationship to our life. And by the end of the song, notice what he's doing. He says, God... I'm inviting you in to my dark spaces. I'm inviting you in into my dark spaces. What do you and I do typically as human beings? Our dark spaces cause us to pull away from God a little bit. You know why? Because we don't know God. We say, God, I did it again, and I just, I, I just can't, I, I can't deal with it, God. I can't even talk to you about it. I messed up again. God, I don't even know what to do. I, I just, I just can't. And we are the ones that pull away from God, but make, make no mistake about it. God has never pulled away from you. 
If you find yourself feeling alone today, that's all on your own doing because God has promised us to never leave us nor forsake us. This murderer and this adulterer has proven that. Do you stand with me this morning? So what does David say? The Bible says that if you say you have no sin, you're a liar, right? You're a liar. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short. There was a mark. God put the mark there. God established a mark. He said, this is the mark. And we've all fallen short. We've all sinned. And here's David at the end of his life. What's he saying? David is saying, come on, God. <laughs> in my sin, God, I invite you in. Search me, oh God, and know my heart. David here is at the end of his life, and he's inviting a perfect, just, and holy God into His sin spaces, into His dark places. He's saying, come on in, God. He invites God in. David got a glimpse, I believe, of God's redemptive plan because this is how it works. Because of Jesus Christ, when you and I are in sin, when we err, when we have dark spaces, when we have private places that no one knows about, this is what church is about. Church is not a place where we play cover-up. Church is not a place where we play dress-up. Church is a place where we come as an open book and say, come on, God, here I am in my air, in my sin, in my shortcomings. God, here I am and I invite you in. God, I welcome you here. God, in my sin, I invite you in. In my insecurities, I invite you in. In my weakness, in my struggle, God, I invite you. Search me. You can come to the altar this morning. You can kneel down at your seat. And you can invite the Lord into your heart. You know why? Because He loves you. And He's with you. And you are not... Alone. David is expressing the way that each and every one of us ought to be living our life. But church, don't wait till the end of your days. Don't wait till the end of your days. Do it at the beginning of your days. Do it now. Today is the day of salvation. Don't wait till the end to welcome God in. You have an opportunity in the presence of the King of Kings to invite Him in. Come on, God. You know my heart. You know the way that I take. You know the path. I can't escape from You. God, everywhere that I try to go, You're there. I'm not alone no matter what I go through. You know me anyway. I don't know why we try to trick ourselves and to think God doesn't know. God knows! 
Hear me today. Hear my plea. You don't have to play cover up with God. He already knows. You know how He knows? Because He's been with you the whole time. So we say, come on, God. Search me. Know me. I think it would be appropriate just at the at the end of my message here, whether you want to come to the altar or kneel at your seat is perfectly fine with me. But I feel just a call to a place of repentance this morning. I feel a call for us to kneel down someplace and just repent before the Lord. I don't want to wait to the end of my days to take care of this. I want to invite God in right now. Fully into every area of my life. No fear. There's perfect love that we can experience today. And perfect love casts out fear. We can welcome Him. We can invite Him. Don't pull away from Him, church. Young person, don't pull away from God. Don't ever pull away from God. He's never pulled away from you. Every head bow, every eye closed in this place. There's people here today that because of some bad choices, some bad decisions, some bad judgment on your part, you felt the need to just pull away. To just kind of pull away and try to handle it all by yourself. Oh, you still attend church. You still come to church. You stand every Sunday in the presence of the Lord. But yet there's been no change. And that's because you've not invited God into your dark spaces. I'm here to tell you today, He already knows. Would you hear the voice of the Lord today? Would you welcome Him in? Would you invite Him into your spaces? Take some cues from a murderer's song. Take some notes from an adulterer's words. Welcome God. Invite God because He already knows. You're not alone. You may feel overwhelmed right now, but church, you're not alone. You may feel empty, but you're not alone. You may feel broken, lost, hopeless, but you're not alone today. Jesus said, I am with you always. Thank you for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. You can follow this podcast for more great episodes from the Landmark family. If you are ever in our area, our doors are open on Sundays at 10 a.m. and Wednesday at 7 p.m. Thank you once again for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. God bless.